Welcome to From Fear to Fire, Secrets to Overcome Fear, Embrace Your Gifts, and Achieve Success. This is the place where real people share real challenges and where you can find a common bond and uncommon wisdom through their journeys to help you move from fear to fire. I am your host, Heather Hansen O'Neill, and our quote today is by the Dalai Lama. Love and compassion are necessities, not luxuries. Without them, humanity cannot survive. And our guest today absolutely personifies this humanity element. Dennis Patoko is founder and CEO and reimaginer of 360 Nation, encompassing a wide range of multimedia enterprises, including Biz Catalyst 360, an award-winning global media digest, 360 Nation Studios, dedicated to reaching across the world in an effort to capture, produce, and deliver positive, uplifting messages via blockbuster global events, including Hope Fest 360 and Bucket Fest 360 and Good Works 360, a pro bono consulting foundation focused entirely on providing mission critical advisory services to nonprofits worldwide. I am so honored and thrilled to introduce you to Dennis. So, Dennis, I am absolutely so thrilled. To have you on the show today, I admire everything you do, and I just think there's such synchronicity in us and what we do and how we met, and it, I just think big things are coming. So before we dive into some of the good deep stuff and the fun things that you're doing, why don't you give our listeners just a little bit more information about you and your backstory, how it all began? All right, good. I'll give you the highlights and i'd be delighted to dig deeper if you think the audience would like it but um our story goes back quite a few years over a decade you know we've been doing what we're doing under biz catalyst 360 nation what have you for over a decade now um but it started uh, i'd like to tell you there was a business plan i'd like to tell you there was a vision there wasn't um, a lot of people say they make it up as they go. Well, we really do do that, but we're also lifted by so many good people that it's given us the courage and the confidence that we can just roll the dice sometimes. You know, there's a quote that I just love that really kind of uh, defines uh, what, I'm, what I was just saying, and that is faith is taking the first step when you don't see the whole staircase We've been doing this for over a decade. I still don't see that whole staircase, and I'm glad I don't see it, because if I saw it, Heather, I think we would be trapped in doing the same thing the same way and not taking risks, and it's scary. Let me tell you, there's a lot of days, how the heck are we going to do that? But then we're lifted by people like you and other people that surround us. But back to the story. Over 10 years ago, uh, by deep background, I spent 30 years in banking. It's one of those careers that I got into. I was in the armed forces. I got discharged. I got placed in a career field that I, I shouldn't say I had no interest in, but I wasn't, I didn't grow up to be a banker, <clears throat> but they placed me in a job. I worked my way up and through banking. And I, like I've said to many people, I spent about 30 years doing what I really didn't want to do. I became good at it because I just worked hard, but then I decided somewhere inside of me is an entrepreneurial spirit. It's time to let that out. So I left banking, 
started a company here in Tampa, Florida, where I am today. Uh, ultimately, it was just the good timing and the company expanded and we ended up going into Canada. We went into Australia. We went into United Kingdom. A uh, few years into that, uh, we were approached, sold the co American company to Citigroup. Mm -hmm. They bought everything except one piece of our little empire. And that was a company that we had started in uh, England. And uh, so they didn't want that. They said that was too small. So a bank over in England by the name of Barclays approached me and said, look, we would like to buy your thing here in England, but there's one condition. You have to come here and run it. Well, here I was sitting in Tampa, sold everything. I wasn't sure what my next chapter was going to be. Um, still had the entrepreneurial spirit. So I said to people I know, I said, why not? I'm just going to go there and see what happens. Back to risk taking. So I moved to England. I lived there for about three years built that company with my partners, ended up selling it. Somewhere along the way, Heather, I met my wife. Now, she was one of my senior executives. We didn't have a relationship other than professional. Sold the company, ultimately, three years later to somebody else, Lehman Brothers, came back to Tampa on my own. But like with every business I've been in, I try to stay in touch with the good people that work for me, because to me, they weren't just employees. They were people. They were relationships. And so I did that. I used to go back to England every three or four months. I was consulting over there with other companies since I'd run something there. And every time I went back, Heather, I would gather with people that used to work for me, including my wife, Allie, at the time, again, just another ex-employee. So we would gather at this little uh, pub in central London and just catch up on what's going on in our lives. Well, we did that for a couple of years. We were about two years into that. Meeting was coming up in central London. We were going to all meet again. And virtually everybody coming to that gathering canceled except my wife, Allie, and I. Mm -hmm. Now, we were both going to cancel because we didn't want to just meet with each other. That wasn't the whole fun. But then she was on a train to London. I was already there. We got together. And I have to say, I've said this to many people. I knew her at that point when she showed up and she sat down. I had known her for about five years, but I never really saw her because it was always all the noise of the other people. And so we discovered things. She discovered I actually had a sense of humor when she thought <laughs> I was a robot. Uh, we had such a wonderful night, Heather, that we said when we left, we're going to do this again. And we did it again three months later. Six months later, we were married. She moved to Florida. Now, the best way I can describe that is we both discovered what we weren't looking for. And that was 15 years ago and it's happily ever after. But that gets to the beginning of our story. Now, we moved to Florida. We were blessed with enough economic success at a relatively young age that we, we had choices. Very few people have choices at that age. So we, we take a morning walk every morning, and um, that's where most of our ideas are kind of surfaced. Um, well, we walked back then and said, how do we want to spend our time? We're blessed with choices. We had an, a genuine interest in giving back to the nonprofit community. And I don't mean just writing a check. I meant time. I meant talent and treasure. So we said, we're going to get involved in the Tampa Bay nonprofits. We did that and got involved and we started delivering meals. And I went onto the board and chaired boards. We did all that. And we're still doing that today. We decided we wanted to do what I call intentional travel. Now, in business, as you know, you travel the world, but it's not I mean, I can tell you I've been to South Korea, but I can tell you the taxi, the airport, and the meeting room. I never saw South Korea, but I can tell you story after story like that. So we both said, both of us being travelers in business for years before we met, let's map out the world 
and let's go discover that. And we're going to skip America for now. We want to see the rest of the world. And we want to see how that world sees America through their lens. So we started traveling intentionally. The third thing we did was we had to keep our mind active because everybody says when you're kind of retired, you know, you got to do crossword puzzles or I guess a pickleball. We didn't, <laughs> we didn't feel we were old enough to do pickleball and we weren't going to do it until they changed the name. Second thing we decided to do, we weren't going to do crossword puzzles or Sudoku. So we said, I said, here's what I'm going to do. And this, she kind of came along for it. I said, I'm going to start a website. And she said, well, you don't have any technology background. I said, exactly. I said, but what I'm going to do is something, I'm going to do something in reverse. I'm going to try to build a website that I wouldn't mind visiting every morning. And when I do this, there's going to be no economics involved. I'm going to do what makes sense, S-E-N-S-E versus sense, C-E-N-T-S. So I went out to a bunch of writers I know back then, people that just wrote, they wrote for Forbes, they wrote for Huffington Post. Uh, I said, tell me where the headaches are. You know, you write for these people because I'm going to start something and I want to break all the rules. We call it, you know, constructive disruption. And they did that. So the idea behind Biz Catalyst literally started at my wife's sister's dining room table in Southampton, England, where I sat there with a little Macintosh and said, all right, here we go. Now it's over a decade later, we've got 20,000 writers. We've, I'm sorry, nine, over 900 writers, 20,000 articles. We won a couple of awards, but there's never been a plan other than what I just said. It was just, let's see what we can build. And since we weren't tied to any uh, economics or marketing uh, publications or boards of directors, I could say to people like Heather, Heather, if you'd like to write for us, uh, you can write as often you want. You can write poetry. You can do videos. You can do podcasts. You can write about anything you want. It can be 100 words. It can be 2,000 words, um, which means we wanted to take the shackles off people like you, Heather, so you can just write when you're inspired to do so. Now, that was modeled after all the restrictions that other people had told us about. Um, so we did it all, and it's just uh, the, the nonprofits intersect with Biz Catalyst because we launched a foundation that's designed to help nonprofits around the world. That's called Good Works 360. Mm -hmm. The traveling continues, as you know, but we can do what we do anywhere. And the traveling actually has been bolstered by the fact that as we travel now, no matter where we go, we seem to have writers. So we add meetings with our writers, and as much as you and I, Heather, can talk on Zoom and tech, you just can't replace a face-to-face -face cup of coffee or a beer. Yeah. It's just in a hug. I mean, that just. Oh, the hugs are my favorite. <laughs> yeah. So that's been our story. I highlighted it. There's a lot of little pieces in between and uh, we continue. Oh my goodness. Okay. So there's so many different things that you said in there yeah. that I want to discover here. So first of all, I have to go back to the beginning. I love what you were talking about, about finding um, and really seeing your yeah. And you mentioned about, you know, quieting, because there's always all of these distractions, all of this noise around us. And I talk about that too. If you want to hear your heart, if you want to find your purpose, if you want to live um, from that authentic, joyful place, you have to quiet some of the external noise. And I love that once you did that, and you saw her and she heard your um, comic ability. <laughs> well, you know, there's, a, there's a quote by Carl Jung that you just brought to mind that, as you're saying that. It says, your visions will become clear only when you can look into your heart mm -hmm. because who looks outside dreams and who looks inside awakens. And I 
I have to say I was awakened. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. And I also, you know, as you go through your your um, your journey with 360, it's like you not having the business plan and being a risk taker allowed you to break the mold. And you're constantly you. doing that with all of the new Thank things you. that you do. You're breaking the mold and it's purposeful. You know, you say, well, I don't have a plan, but part of your plan, part of your purpose is to uh, do innovative things that are needed. Right. And so that's, uh, that's, it, a, that's a little mini. Plan. It is. Our, our plan <laughs> is to do more good, whatever yeah. that means. And there's that gives us such freedom. When you're not saying, well, that's not going to make money. Well, you know, it's going to be what's possible. What else can we do? And as I said earlier, we may not have the talent, but it always people lift us up and we find the talent. Mm. And, you know, um, I talk about energy and how energy can be attractive or repellent, right? And mm. so the energy that you project is very attractive energy <laughs> for a writer. So when you reached out to me, I was like, wait, I can write whatever I want, whenever <laughs> I want. And you have a tagline called humanity rediscovered. And I'm all about finding humanity. Are you kidding me? This is brilliant. So attractive. So tell us a little bit more about what separates 360 Nation from other enterprises. Is uh, that it or is there more? Well, the key difference is the economics. I, let me focus on that for just a minute. You know, over the years, people come to us that they're going to write for us or they want to do something with us. And they talk about, you know, what's been one of your greatest challenges in doing what you do? I said, you know, what's interesting over the years, the greatest challenge we have, and it gets bigger and bigger as time goes on. And I shouldn't say it's a negative challenge. It's kind of a positive challenge. It's what I call defending a positive. What does that mean? Most people say it's hard to defend a negative. Well, to try to explain to people that everything we do, we do for good is, is a challenge these days to the point that I'm now writing an article about it because I said to my wife, Allie, recently, I said, you know, when I'm talking to a writer, a new writer, somebody's coming on board, that question seems to come up and I feel like I'm selling them the Brooklyn Bridge when I'm trying to defend something. I said, it really, there are no catches. There are no surprises. What I have moved to in recent years is saying, look, I'd rather spend more time talking about your writing, your talent, what we can do for you, how we can showcase you. I don't want to set aside your, I'll call it natural skepticism when somebody says there's no catches, there's no cost. So here's what I'd like you to do. Go to our site, go to our contributors, pick on any one of them and write to them and call them or talk to them. You probably know some of them anyhow because you're connected. Let them tell you, let Heather tell you whether or not we're real. And, you know, somebody else can validate what we're doing. But what's interesting, and maybe it's the skeptical world we live in, Heather, and that shouldn't be a hurdle. But then now I've got the point, I said to my wife, I'm going to write, and this reminds me of what Popeye said. In fact, this may be the title of the article. I am what I am. <laughs> because, you know, rather than me continue to waste, I should say waste time, validate what we're doing, I'm going to just give that person a link to our article saying, here's why we do what we do. And then you can also talk to our writers. And I mean, that's it. It's a pleasure to be able to be blessed enough to do what we do without any economics but um, we still live in that skeptical world where people are being sold to Brooklyn Bridge. 
Exactly. I mean, there's so much cynicism out there. And, and I tend to be someone that is extremely positive, so much so that people always question it. Like, how can you, you can't really be that happy. It's gotta be fake. So I feel you, like I have to defend my, my being, my essence, because, you know, there is so much cynicism out there, but you're proving yourself. And like you said, all you have to do is ask somebody else, somebody else who works with us. That's right. And like you, we are excited about every day that ends in Y. <laughs> and and the thing that really touched me is the impact this going back to we do it for good um i believe strongly that i work with a lot of leaders because i believe that leaders can and should um make an impact figure out mm -hmm. what they can do beyond themselves, right? What's that thing? I mean, we, you know, it's, it's a society where we want to definitely make sure that we're making the income that we need and doing what we have to do and supporting our families. But what else? What is, what are you, what are you supposed to be doing in the world? Like using your unique gifts to make a difference, make an impact, have meaning. And so I think that that is demonstrated from leadership. And so it, 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 trickles and ripples out, right? The things that we do will make a real impact. And everything that you do as well has that element of how can I make this ripple effect so that someone who reads this will then be inspired to take another action or to share this or to- Well, let, let me stop yeah. you, Heather, because you yeah. just touched on something that is so important in this conversation. And someone said to us a few years back, well, you can't change the world. Yeah, you want to rediscover humanity. And I said, you know, it's interesting because this was kind of at the beginning of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people were, every, it was dark. It was just dark out there mm -hmm. around the world. And I thought about that. And I said to them, you know, you're absolutely right. We can't change the world, but we can create positive ripples of change. One conversation, one act of kindness. And that inspired us to write an article where we said, too many people are wondering what they can do. And as you started to say, Heather, it takes so little to do so much for so many. It's not hard. Uh, you got to think. So we wrote an article and I forget the name of it, frankly, but the idea was there were people saying, well, what can we do? Mm -hmm. So we said, we're going to give you a roadmap and you have a similar roadmap. I know your humanity checklist. And it was just something as simple as, okay, Heather, if you're looking for something to do when we're done here today, would you call somebody you haven't spoken to in a long time, maybe a senior citizen or a shut-in, and just not because you need anything, just how are you doing? And then just listen. And we did a lot of that during the pandemic because the Meals on Wheels thing uh, that we delivered to, because of the restrictions, we weren't able to do, you know, it's, yeah, we got to feed these people, but you learn very quickly. It's not about the food. It's about the fact that I may be the only person that Heather sees today. I'm delivering food, but she's more interested in that human contact. So as a sidebar, we started calling our recipients. We couldn't see them. We could leave the food, but we couldn't sit down and chat with them. So we would start calling them. Just couldn't see you today, but how are you, Heather? Amazing the difference. And that is a positive ripple of change. And if more than one person hears that and they do it, now we're starting to create that change. Yeah, it's not going to move the mountains, but aren't we rediscovering humanity right there? It is. It 100% is. And when I, um, I did, I was a little crazy when my, my kids were little. So my twins were born 18 months after my oldest. So I had three under two. And um, when they were in that 
truly active, nutty stage. Um, I wanted to give them some things that they could do that would also kind of open their hearts and their minds. So we did Meals on Wheels together. And so the kids would come and they would give the food to, to the people. And it the, the way that um, the people who were receiving the food, their eyes lit up to see children mm. and, you know, but also oh, wow. my sons just to hear a story here and there. And, oh my gosh, can you believe that person's 107? I didn't know that somebody could be 107. <laughs> you know, just like opening your mind to things, right? I love that. So important. Yep. So talk to me about this kind of is a good transition into good works. Okay, uh, Good Works came about because of our in the trenches experience with nonprofits. You know, we were quite a few years in delivering meals, uh, interacting with people. I was on the board of Meals and Wheels. I took over as chairman. My wife, and we're looking at this saying, "Wow, this is Tampa Bay. Look how lucky we are. There's so many big companies here. It's not difficult to number one be visible, and number two attract donations either from corporations." But then we started saying, you know, there's got to be a way we can take this giant pulpit we have called Biz Catalyst and the technology that we've learned and apply that to our commitment to nonprofits. So what we did is I, I sat down, this goes back about four years ago in a January, I remember sitting there saying, here's my vision for uh, nonprofits. What I want to do, I want to figure out a way that I can go to any good nonprofit, and I underline the word good, any good nonprofit anywhere in the world and provide them with whatever help they need and never charge them a dime. And I want to do all that virtually. Now, I know the technology's out there, and like many things we do, Heather, we had no idea whether we could do that. So I took that concept and I talked to a couple of nonprofit leaders that I'd gotten to know here in the Tampa area. I said, here's my theory. What do you think? I got everything from your nuts <laughs> to you're going to do that for free. And, and, and interesting, one guy said, and it was probably the most powerful comment I got. He said, Dennis, I really applaud what you're going to do. And I think if anybody can do it, you can, because you've got the reach through social media to elevate it. He said, but you need to be clear on when you say free. And I said, it's an interesting thought. So we went back and if you ever go to the Good Works website, mm-hmm. we define the word free in 13 languages. That is awesome. Because we wanted to be absolutely clear that back to the skepticism that free meant free. Now that was the vision. Six months later, we launched Good Works 360. Over time, it's now become a foundation. We've had over, uh, we've reached out to our community, our growing community and said, we need help. And we're building this thing and we're going to do it virtually and everything's going to be done for free, but we need talent. And if you look at a nonprofit, it's a small business. The difference between a small business and a nonprofit is small business typically has leadership talent and operational talent. Nonprofit is primarily, as we all know, driven by passion mm-hmm. and they've got a good cause and they've got volunteers, but they may not have somebody that's good at sales and marketing or good at social media or good at building a website or good at fundraising. So we went out to our community at the time and said, look, here's what we need. Can you help us? I'm happy to say it's what four years later, we've got over four dozen top tier executives literally around the world that have said to us, look, we can't do what you you and your wife do. We can't, we don't have the capacity or the time, or we have other responsibilities to deliver meals or to be on boards. But what we're willing to give you is our talent and our time. 
And we, what we did is we took an inventory and I've got this spreadsheet that seemed to go on forever for every skill you can imagine in a business. So we're now positioned that if we do get a call from a nonprofit in Boise, Idaho, or in Mumbai, India, which by the way, we've had them in both, we can say, we can help you. And, and the one, second thing we've learned with GoodWorks, and this is where Biz Catalyst comes in, you could have the best nonprofit in the world, the greatest passion you're giving, you're, you're doing something that's going to impact community. But the one thing you need is visibility. Maybe not in Tampa, but in Mumbai or Boise, you need visibility because if Heather or Dennis knew you were there, they'd probably write a check or do something for you. Right. So what we started doing is we started using Biz Catalyst, the big platform or the Hennepin Gorilla to showcase the nonprofits that we were working with on GoodWorks. Mm. And it, so they started intersecting and that's where GoodWorks is there. We changed it into a foundation because we had people coming to us saying, Dennis, I'm gonna write a book and I'd like to donate 10% of the profits to a good nonprofit. Do you know any good ones? Okay. I said, well, we've got GoodWorks. We're not, we don't collect money for GoodWorks. We do it for free, but we're happy to redirect money to worthy nonprofits because we do study them and when i say the word good i mean we know the money goes where it belongs Perfect. so now we formed a foundation so we can make good works even more interactive with the community love it absolutely love what you're doing now with this uh, name of my podcast being from fear to fire i always ask of my guests if there has been a challenge or a fear that you've had to overcome, something that you learned a great lesson from, anything that you can think of that you share? Oh, absolutely. This goes back to my banking days. I said I spent 30 years in banking. Um, as I was coming up in the banking world and I was getting more and more responsibility and moving into executive positions and kind of moving around the country to bigger banks, I, I had the pleasure uh, of being tucked under, and this was when I was working in Pittsburgh, which happened to be a hometown by coincidence, but I was hired by a bank to run a large division. And as I started running it, I was tucked under what I'd say one of the most um, visible icons in my industry at the time in that part of banking, it was consumer banking. His name was David. And David was gonna mentor me because he was a brilliant guy. And he, I mean, everybody knew David in banking. And I was lucky. Um, I was a couple of years into working for David where I discovered something that really changed my life. And I found out that under David's tutelage, the books were being cooked, as they say. Oh, no. And talk about a defining moment where, you know, not only was, were the books being cooked and it was David, my boss, but he reported to the president of the bank and the president was one of his best friends oh. who had recruited him. So... I remember talking to some of my family that evening. I said, you know, I've got a decision to make. I've got to define myself. Um, you know, there's that definition of integrity. It's doing the right thing when no one else is watching. My choice was, do I do nothing? Because I was the only one that knew that David was cooking the books. And if I, I did something with it, the repercussions would be substantial. Number one, fear to fire. I felt like I could be fired, literally. Mm -hmm. because David could not only quash me, but the president of the bank hit one of his best friends. They could just make me go away because I'm this new kid on the block and what do I know? And he's been cooking the books for years and who would believe me? Well, I went into the bank the next day and I went to the president's office says, let me tell you a story. And I was convinced that I was either going to walk out with my walking papers, as they say, mm -hmm. or he was going to take action. Two days later, uh, David 
retired to spend more time with his family. <laughs> and I, I talk about scary, talk about defining moments. I never forgot that. And um, I'm not an ultra boy, but that that defined for me the fact that, you know, doing the right thing, you, everybody knows what the right thing is. It's just a question of how you frame it. Yeah. And that has guided me through so many decisions since that time in my career and beyond that career, just uh, an amazing experience. Um, wow. I can see how that is. It, it all ties together. If you had gotten a different response oh. to doing the right thing, you, you wouldn't, you would still knowing you, you would continue yeah. doing the right thing and having that integrity, but it would have <clears throat> there would be a different element of how you show up now. Because Absolutely. That helped define that doing the right thing is not just the right thing because it's the right thing, but it actually will have positive repercussions and energy that follows that. You know, you're right, Heather. And I, I'd like to tell you, I knew what I was doing. I'd <laughs> like to tell you I was brave. I honestly didn't know what was going to happen, but I knew this was going to be a turning point in my life. And that was, wow, geez, that was 30 years ago, probably. So uh, thanks for asking that question. I don't talk about that very often, but it, it, it did changed my life. Oh, and, and now so many others because of the ripple that we've been talking about. So mm. it, the time is absolutely flying by. Um, <laughs> how about what's next? What's next for you? Oh, boy. Um, something that we're just starting to open the door on, and that is what we're calling, well, for years, we've been doing a lot of things for years. And again, we fly a little bit by the seat of our pants. You know, we got into video productions. We got into all kinds of neat things. And we've had requests time and again saying, well, when are we going to all come together somewhere? And then came the pandemic. And for years, we said to people, even before the pandemic, I said, you know, we don't do what we don't know. We don't do conferences. We don't go to conferences. We don't do that. But then came the pandemic. And then came the experience throughout the pandemic. And we finally sat down. I shouldn't say we sat down. We took one of our morning walks. Yeah. said, you know, it's probably time because as I said to you in a different conversation, Heather, you know, we can have these video calls, we can talk by phone, we can do long, but you just can't replace the value of seeing somebody face to face, giving them a hug, mm -hmm. having a coffee with them. So we finally changed our position, said, you know, like everything else we do, um, we're going to just gather good people and we're going to put together what we're now calling encounter 360 nation now that word encounter is very pivotal mm -hmm. because it's not going to be a conference it's not going to be a web it's not going to be all those things that all of us including you have run into in our business years of saying oh we're going to get together and it'll be powerpoints you're going to be a stage it's not going to be anything like that because everything we do like publishing like the media we, we break the mold so we're now looking at the classic conferences and we're working backwards with a blank sheet of paper saying, how can we do something that Heather, if Heather shows up, she's going to walk away and say, wow, I didn't expect that. That's going to be March 23rd of next year. Awesome. We started leaking it out yesterday because we've learned once we get it out there on our network, we're going to have to do it then. Yeah, now to. committed. <laughs> That's accountability. So, and I'd like to tell you, we've got it all figured out, Heather. We don't, we, we have a vision now of what we want. We want it not to be, Mm -hmm. But we're also surrounded by so many good people like you and others that have said, how can I help? Mm -hmm. So we're going to use people like you to tell us you've been around the conferences. We don't want this to be that. 
So we're going to see what happens, but that's, we're excited about it because we've got almost a year to plan it and uh, we don't know where it's going to end up, but we want to create a true wow experience. Oh, I guarantee it. (laughs) It's going to be amazing. I know it. So, you know, I know that people are out there saying, wow, how, how can I get more information? How can I get involved? What can I do? I know you have a lot of different options. We'll put a bunch of links into the show notes. But is there one main place that they should be going? Yeah, I'd say start with our homepage, which is bizcatalyst360.com. And when you go there, I mean, it's it's more visual. Our site is visual. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you go across the top of the site, you'll see a, a menu. And the menus just keep dropping down and dropping down. And just keep clicking at your convenience. You're going to find everything I've already spoken about, including Good Works, everything we're thinking about doing, and things that we've already started doing that very few people may know about because it can be overwhelming. But Spend some time strolling through it, get a strong cup of coffee. <laughs> There's uh, a lot in there. And that's yeah, it, Catalyst yeah. on B-I-Z, Catalyst 360. B-I-S, yeah, biscatalyst360.com. Yes, yeah, awesome. Okay, so now it's time for that, that burning desire that you have to leave them with that one final parting words of wisdom. What would you like it to be? Well... Again, I tend to gravitate towards quotes and um, at the risk of being redundant, if other people heard me say this, faith is taking the first step when you don't see the whole staircase. We have never, ever seen the whole staircase, Heather. Um, And when I say faith, I don't mean of the religious kind. It's just faith in humankind that people will step up, will get through it, will figure it out. And uh, call that courage, call it blind faith, call it risk-taking, whatever, however you want to do it. It served us well, but we also believe, and we've tested this, there is such a thing as good karma. If you are truly and authentically and genuinely doing good, it'll come back around. Much the same way if you're not, it's probably going to come back around. But every time we had one of those intersections, Heather, where, wow, we didn't expect that. What do we do now? Somebody somewhere lifted us up and showed us the way. So I'm back to faith is taking the first step when you don't see a little staircase. Uh, we never want to see that staircase, frankly, because then we're going to become like everybody else. We want to just keep reaching out a little further and say, what else can we do? I love that so much, Dennis. You've been amazing. Thank you so much for all you have done and all you are going to do. I appreciate your time today. And and listeners out there, I'm sure you're going to want to share the show. Leave us a review. Get the word out there and enjoy Biz Catalyst 360 because there's a lot in there that you're going to want to check out. Dennis, thank you again. 